Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Charmed Life podcast. I am your host, Trisha Carr. And if you are watching on YouTube, welcome. I am standing up for this particular intro to this episode, at least. It just felt like standing up. I've been sitting down all day with clients and students, and I am just feeling good standing up and using my body that which my oversoul creates and grateful for it, grateful for health, grateful for all of it. And I'm also grateful for you joining me. Now, if you're not, if you're listening on the podcast, welcome as well. Sorry, I'm rambling on about standing up when you can't even see me. <laughs> all right. And if you are new, then I'll just tell you that the Charmed Life podcast is all about metaphysics, mysticism, and really living your best life, being that light on the world that I know you are here to be and pursuing that purpose, pursuing that happiness, that wellness, that wealth, and above all, service to one another, service to that one energy. And so I am a medium. I am a spiritual teacher above probably all of the things that I do. And I am an animal communicator, a channel. And so that's what we get up to here. We get up to all of this stuff. I have some really exciting episodes coming for you, some of them on my own and some of them with guests. And this particular episode is with a guest. It is the wonderful luminous Crystal Ann Compton. If you are, if you've been listening to the podcast, then you probably already know who Crystal is. She is my best friend and business partner. Crystal is an intuitive channel and spiritual teacher. We do a lot of collaborating, more than collaborating. We, we have our whole business together, truly. And we have many different educational programs that we um, put on together, deep immersion pro programs into the um, intuitive arts, metaphysics, mysticism. We just have the best time and create the not, I mean, I, I was going to say create the best communities, but it isn't, I don't want it sounded like I was taking credit for it. It is really just the light. It is the love. It is that that universal source energy just coming together, finding the light, the light finding the light. And so to that point, if you are a spiritual seeker, which I, I guess you must be if you're here, then you might want to check out the Lightworkers Lab. And I'm sure many of you already are. The Lightworkers Lab is an online spiritual community founded by Crystal, and you can find it on Facebook as a group. And it is way above and beyond a Facebook group. <laughs> it is, I mean, it is housed there as that, but the community is amazing. The resources of free education. And it is kind of like a utopia. It is that 5D consciousness in that space. Um, you know, at least that's what we are operating on most of the time because we're only there for love and we're only there to edify one another. So go find the Lightworkers Lab. You'll find a link here in the description of this episode. So this is such a fun episode. Crystal and I talk about what it means to be an energy healer, signs that you're an energy healer. And so I hope you, you have just as much fun as we do because we get out there and we talk about all of the things. So I'll see you on the other side. So Crystal and I wanted to talk today about how you know if you're an energy healer, how you know that you're a match for it. And so we want to talk about it as five signs of the fact that you may be a an energy healer or have a calling for it. And I say may be an energy healer because you may already be doing it, just you are unconscious to it. And so I was going to start with a story that I've told before in many different forms. The first time that I thought that I was an energy healer, I actually didn't even think it. I had my meditation practice that, it, that was going, and this is just that deep exploration, playing with my 
my guides, I had gotten far enough along into it where I had, in my metaphysical opening, I had been experiencing, been practicing animal communication and having evidential animal communication uh, sessions and experiences. I, I wasn't doing it professionally yet. I was just development and and I had met my spirit guides, and so I would be meditating with my guides. And one of my guides was started to touch the centers of my hands, all in my imaginal experience, in my trance experience. And I'm seeing this one guide, and I remember actually it was my great grandmother. Her name is Lee, or that's what you know. That's what I. That's short for what her name is, Lelia. And Lelia was touching my hands in my imaginal plane. And as she touched them, I would see like this, you know what I mean? Like, like a cartoon, like fan, like Fantasia, like boo, like a burst of light or a burst of energy and saying energy healer, energy healer. And I hadn't even heard those words before. That's how new to metaphysics or that this kind of work I was. And so that was my first even inkling of the idea of being a healer, at least by that title. So I was wondering, Crystal, do you recall, do you have a story uh, that you can really kind of recall about the first time you identified as an energy healer or a healer? Hmm. <laughs> well, the first thing I remember is actually growing up in the Pentecostal church because we had a lot of healing services and it was very natural and it was part of the whole process where there'd be altar calls or people would come up for healing and somebody would pray over them or lay hands on them. Mm -hmm. And so I partook in a lot of that as a teenager um, and in my early 20s. And I really believe in the process. And as a result, I irrespective of the fact that it was happening within religion or mm -hmm. something like that, I definitely saw people shifted and changed. And so I always believed in the power of that when the intention was there. So I witnessed mm -hmm. it. I was a part of it. And it was always kind of a given for me. But once I left religion, what I noticed uh, first and foremost, before I ever kind of moved into the work that I'm presently doing, is that I had the ability to shift vibration. Mm -hmm. And this most notably took place when I was around other people. I noticed that I could kind of walk into a space when I was feeling particularly joyful, or if I was feeling particularly high vibration, and I would be able to walk into a space or into a circle of friends, and I could actually sense and see the shift in the people around me. And I could feel the difference as well. It's as if everything kind of just recalibrated. Mm -hmm. And that was probably my late 20s, early 30s. And I said, you know, there's something about this. It's like, the energy that I bring into the space creates the space. And mm. I had an awareness around that. Now, I never necessarily connected that to healing, but the more I did that consciously, the more I also noticed people responded to me in a different way. It was just kind of an interesting uh, uh, setup. But I would say with regard to healing, that started when I started bringing down attunements or what I call mm. attunements. And this was a process that I developed with spirit directly and included my guides and also an angel friend, Metatron, who I've been working with for many years. And we actually developed this process that I call star giving many, many years ago. And we fine-tuned it ever since. And it involves kind of doing what I used to do very naturally, shifting the space, shifting the energy, but in a very directed way mm -hmm. and in an intentional way. And when somebody comes up, and asks for that shift or asks for that energetic healing, we kind of meet that person where they are and that healing takes place. So it was a process. And I know that you were in charismatic churches as well. Mm -hmm. So you probably saw a lot of laying on of hands and altar calls and being slain in the spirit yourself. Absolutely. And being slain in the spirit 
is basically just a shock induction into hypnosis, which is really not that hard to do. I mean, I could do it right now. <laughs> well, how, would you, how would you do it? How uh, fascinating. Well, and that's what they do. And then it's also in Hinduism as Shaktipat, right? Is Hindu, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. yes. Uh, well, how, how uh, shock inductions are done, it's when someone is already somnambulistic. So that means that they are highly suggestible. It can be done with anyone, but if someone is not so highly suggestible, then it, you would just spend a little more time getting them in, induced into the somnambulistic state. But a lot of people are walking around somnambulistic. And so that's why stage hypnotists, they look out into the audience and you can see, you can tell there are even just physical cues. Not, I mean, I'm psychic, so I can feel it as well, or that's how my energy runs. I can feel the somnambulism. And you can see who is more somnambulistic. And so if you've ever seen one of those stage hypnotism shows, they bring several people up. And some people are, it doesn't really stick. Maybe they'll kind of, you know, do, it, some people, it doesn't work at all. And they excuse them. And some people are halfway. And then there's a handful of people who will do the chicken squawking and everything. And so basically, a person who's already in that highly suggestible state that we call somnambulism, they're already overloaded with um, message units in the conscious mind. And so it's pretty easy to just do a uh, what we call a misdirect, and then that causes them to escape into the subconscious mind. That is a misdirection. That's what you'll see a stage hypnotist usually do, or something like that, something pretty quick. It, it jars the mind, and the it actually causes the critical mind to um, relax, like to just either, you know, kind of disorganize or highly organize. It's just like a glitch in your matrix of the mind. And so that's what happens. And that's when people go. <laughs> so it's, oh, it's actually, yeah. it's really fun. They, they come up to the altar primed. They're yeah. ready. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's so important. Exactly. Like if you're coming up to the altar and you have an intention to be there to receive a healing, it makes it much more mm -hmm. um, possible that you will have integrate and actually walk away with the healing. But if you come up with disbelief or if your intention's a bit shaky, you can have a, a somebody there who's definitely in contact with spirit, mm -hmm. definitely channeling healing energy and channeling it into you but you as the vessel once you walk away it's up to you whether you allow that to integrate because forward. because of the law of free will and so you absolutely yeah. can stop any kind of healing or receiving of a message and but you know some of us are more conditioned to it than others and and it's 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 the nature and nurture so one i think one of the signs that you are an energy healer naturally would be that the openness, uh, the, the, whether it's the high sensitivity or the highly empathic nature, and the nurture aspect of that could be from perhaps some trauma, some kind of context of trauma. Not necessarily always. And actually, I think that the idea of trauma is sometimes we just think, well, I wasn't beaten, so I didn't have trauma. It could be anything else that's perceived. You know, you could be a family who on the surface was very, um, you know, like the, the Brady's or no, the Brady's weren't great because we don't know what happened to the spouses. They never told us. They just suddenly didn't have spouses and they came together, you know, so it's a problem there. <laughs> Something happened. <laughs> Something happened. Let's see the, be the cleavers. <laughs> and so, you know, you could have a seemingly on the on the picture, but again, then that's where the nature comes in. You as an intentional being of spirit coming in to create an incarnation, you come in with the sensitivity. And then in the context, 
there could be trauma. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just coming into the world right now is traumatic. So 100%. yeah. So it, that's what I, that's what we were saying. Maybe the first sign or one of the signs is is that that sensitivity, the empathic nature, right? Yes. Um, well, the empathic nature, someone who is very sensitive, who feels mm -hmm. things kind of on a deep level and seemingly more deeply mm -hmm. than somebody else does, somebody who also kind of absorbs energy, takes it in, and hopefully knows how to process or cycle it out of their field, but somebody who is a highly sensitive person. And I would agree with you with regard to trauma. Now, I'm someone who comes from an extremely traumatic background, as are you, and we don't have to go into that whole thing, but... Um, it took me a long time to work through what that did to me and how that changed me. Truly, it changed my my energy. It changed the way that I thought and it changed the way that I acted. And so I had to do a lot of work. But when I did and I came through it, I realized that my trauma, my abuse, the things that I have actually been through gave me eyes to see mm -hmm. when someone else is going through trauma or abuse. It also gave me a, a particular language. When I speak, the person who's tra traumatized or the person who has these wounds, and even if they're ancient wounds, meaning wounds from their childhood, but they're 60 years old now, I have the language that can actually reach that person. And likewise, I have the ears to hear when they're speaking, and I can actually pick up on if they've got these ancient patterns, these ancient wounds, or these current and present wounds. And so this trauma actually equipped me to be the healer that I am today. And I find that many people who have had these acute experiences, let's just call it that, because it doesn't have to be physical abuse or sexual abuse or, or verbal abu abuse. It could just have changed you in a really meaningful way, something that you had to process through. People who go through that, especially earlier on in life, tend to be set up to do this kind of work in the future. And also this predisposes them to even um, a more expanded sensitivity or an empathic nature. Do you agree with that? 100%. And if you think about it, because you have done the work or are doing the work, because truly the path is a, is a, you know, a spiral, then that's, that's how you are actually magnetizing to you those who are doing the same work, who are, who are in the process of healing. And so you're always in some kind of healing process, and you are then calling out the healing process as a signal. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's why it equips you, because you can actually see it, you can you can understand and you have the experience of moving through that. And we're kind of talking about, I mean, in here, we also hear like the law of attraction a little bit. It's like you're, you're identifying, you're being drawn to, magnetized to those who need the healing or and, and you know, the, the, your energy is magnetizing to their energy. And so if we could add to this step a little bit, just the fact that there are signs like that you're watching or listening to this right now, that it's showing up for you in some way. And you maybe have that, you know, I have a purpose kind of feeling. That's what all of this is amounting to, I think. Taking a quick break from this episode for a message about the 2020 Energy Intensive with Crystal Ann Compton and myself, Trisha Carr. This eight-week immersive education and group coaching program is designed to activate and awaken energetic principles and divine healing modalities. And when we say this program is cutting edge, we are serious. Crystal and I dedicate ourselves to downloading the precise spiritual technologies that we all need in our mind-body-spirit complexes, as well as in our world and in our galaxy at this time. And it is a co-creative experience. 
You, the fearless student who is dedicated to shining your light in this world. The energy you bring to the program. You are our co-creator. The program starts June 28th. Register now so your activation can begin. Our beautiful student community is ready to meet you and Crystal and I are excited to work with you. Find the registration link for the 2020 Energy Intensive in the description of this episode. And now back to this episode. I have a purpose is really important because a lot of people who were incarnated at this time to heal and whether that's physical type healing, medical healing, if this is energetic healing, if this is channeling, but a lot of the people who came here to do exactly that, they, they have this calling, this feeling inside of them that they're supposed to do this kind of work. And at first it can be kind of general. It can just be a sense of, Hey, I want to serve humanity. I want to do more than this nine to five job I got going on. I really want to have a meaningful life. I want to do something that makes a difference. That general calling, once you lean into it often shows up as um, an inclination to serve in a healing way. And um, I think it's really cool because it's this awareness of what's possible just with your life, just with your instrument, which is your body, mind, and spirit. Just you being alive gives you so much possibility to shift and change somebody else's life. And sometimes you don't even need to know that you're doing it. Sometimes it's just about being loved to the highest degree that you possibly can be. Being that high vibration person, which just means connecting and aligning with source energy, the creator and the higher self, just aligning with that nature in a dynamic way. That vibration is enough to shift spaces, clear spaces, clear rooms, clear haunted houses, and also shift the patterns in other folks around you, which is why sometimes you'll be around people and you're just vibrating. You're just connected. You feel so good and they'll start to get uncomfortable. Now it's not because you have done anything or tried to heal them, but it's because it's literally dusting up these patterns within themselves that are reacting to the high energy that you're holding. That's a healer, somebody who's conscious and aware that they can be a healer at every moment in their life. If they just stay in connection to the best of their ability, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. So it's that second sign would be that you kind of feel a calling. I mean, this all yeah. is sort of moving to you feel a calling or you feel this pressure almost before you kind of start to really move in a more um, intentional way in your purpose. You feel a pressure about purpose, purpose, purpose or calling or and maybe even a way that I'm not really sure how to organize these feelings or how to act upon and, and and in an empowered way. See, I think it's so great, this conversation between us, because for me, I'm hearing our partnership and, <laughs> and how we are different yes. and how well it goes together. You and I are both studying uh, human design a little bit. We're learning about human design and you are a generator. And so that's what you're describing as you walk into a room and you vibrate, you're generating that and you'll bring people into your energy and you will shift and change them. And and as we say, you, you usually kick them out, fortunately. So that's good. <laughs> and that, that I'm a reflector. And so I go into a room and I'm reflecting what's going on there. And so that for me, if I if I don't I have to intentionally shift to reflect the highest possible good. That's what I have to do. When you like just generate it, you actually create the energy, you channel it. And I go in and I, I alchemize and reflect the highest good because everybody is a spectrum of yes. their wounds and their higher self. 
And but my aura also in a in a slightly different way than yours because yours does transmute as you bring people into it's open and enveloping. My aura um, samples and is resilient. It's supposed to be resilient, but it's supposed to just sample. And that sampling is like I take it and I spit it out. I take it and I spit it out. But I'm I'm doing this alchemy transmutation transmutation process. But on the shadow side, if I bring it in too deeply, then I identify to it. I match it, and that's the whole empath thing which by the way if you're interested in human design you don't have to be a reflector to have that experience that i'm talking about it could be any of your open centers that you're doing that as well anyone can be having these experiences to some in some shade or another so i think that's really so interesting if, if we were at a vineyard you'd <laughs> be the person sipping the wine and spitting it out in the bucket and i would be the one just <laughs> chugging the wine <laughs> next i want to try yeah. all the wine <laughs> and i used to have that career and that is what i had to do because i could only have a little bit <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, that's really, that's really fun. So that, so the calling and the, like I say, almost the pressure to understand how to make healing a purpose of some degree, that would be our second sign. And wh what does that lead us to for a third sign? Well, I think we should kind of keep going with the empathic nature because there are yeah. so many signs that you are empathic. Of course, you're the expert on this, but I mean, for me, it's in my experience, folks who are empathic tend to be folks who are healers because they feel so deeply and they can mm -hmm. feel when someone else is suffering. They can feel when someone else is hurt. And that is an easy jump from feeling that to wanting to serve, to remove that or to ameliorate that or to heal that. And so, mm -hmm. um, one thing that I, I think empaths struggle with, and we've talked about this a little bit recently, is empathic overwhelm, things mm -hmm. like exhaustion. Like yeah. if you find yourself feeling so great, lots of energy, and then you go into the Walmart to pick up whatever you've got to pick up, and you're in there for 45 minutes, and you get back to your car, and you are just exhausted. You are tapped out. It's like the energy has left your body. Or sometimes people will do this if you're having a conversation with someone mm. and you go into that conversation and everything's fine. But by the time you leave, you feel like you're worn down to a nub and you're exhausted. That's an indication that you are likely empathic, that you are dealing with energy. You're processing energy. You probably have an issue around uh, moderating energy and protecting yourself from energy that, that isn't yours. And so you might have some learning to do around that. But body feeling and energetic feeling and emotional feeling in this way is a sign to me that you're probably a healer or can be. It can be. And it's so true. And again, the path is a spiral because I keep discovering newer and newer and layers of becoming a stronger, having that empathic nature turn the right way out. And so as I described it, identifying to the pain points is not what it's meant to do. And identifying to the victimhood is not what it's meant to do. We, you can Ident you can notice it, and then you hold that higher space. And so my my own healing modality has to do with resonance and resonating with the higher space while acknowledging so that it can be it can take that path of light to the healing space and holding that that place of light. And so yes, allowing your energy. No one is no one can truly vampire your energy away. If, if it happens, it's just a question. You, you are asking yourself to deepen your boundaries, deepen your process or your, your ability to identify to the higher. And it's the thing, I think the reason it's so confusing is because of the conditioning starting from very, 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 very young. We have to adapt. We have to identify with our caregivers in order to survive. 
And so we're really undoing that conditioning. So if your mom was traumatized or holding pain, then that's what you're undoing is the fact that in order for me to survive, I have to identify with this. And actually, then that matures into, in order to heal this, I have to identify to it. And that's not actually how it works. And also, not identifying to it, being disidentified to it, is also not ignoring it. And that's the part we have to negotiate with ourselves. We have to find out, find, I can be aware of this, hold the higher space, and allow it to be healed by the resonance I'm holding. And that's a, it's a delicate little dance. <laughs> to, but it starts with just, I guess, maybe, in a way, beliefs or uh, accepting it, healing of the mind, reprogramming the mind to be able to hold that delicate space. Powerful. So I, I mean, I think that I have, you know, it's interesting talking about generators and reflectors, projectors and all these mm -hmm. things, but I have never had, a, I don't feel like I've ever really had a pro, I, I know that I have, of course, I um, teach energy healing modalities, I am an energy healer, but I've never really personally found it an issue like to just move energy in and out of my field, like being able to not even yeah. in a thinking way, recognize what's not for me, what's not going to serve me and just get it right out of here. Like you said, I um, mean, I think some people, but, but some people, some other people just really get swamped by that. And they're not really even noticing sometimes that it's even happening. And, and yeah. I'll ask my friends, does that belong to you or does that belong to somebody else? Is there somebody in this coffee shop that might be impacting you in this way? Because it might not even belong to you. And so just getting that awareness for some people is the key to having an empowered empathic nature, whereas others like me, get out of here. Yeah, I know. And it's so fascinating. And I, I just love it. And again, you bring people in. And it's well, so a generator is actually creating is generating the life force of the friggin planet. So you know, what I mean, like, it's a powerful thing to is be that why I'm tired. Yes, yes. And <laughs> you do tired. get tired. And, and generators are also sensitive, just in a different way. So you are you're working a lot. And then of course you have open centers. So in your open centers, you are, that is, that is the greatest potential for conditioning and also the greatest potential for wisdom. So like you and I both have completely open with no defined gates head center. The, the crown is completely open. So you can get overloaded with you know, oh, you could get overwhelmed and you can also be absorbing that which you're experiencing that is the lack of wisdom and the lack of growth in in the paradigm. And then you can and it's also the place to release it. So you and you I think you get your sensitivity. You're a sensitive, physically very sensitive person. And that's because you're constantly bringing people in. Now, even though, you know, to kick it out, like you can easily identify it where I kind of can't. I don't have any inner authority, which is something my my um, human design <laughs> defines as well. You have the inner authority, but it's still work to kick it out. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. the sensitivity, you you bring it in or it's in just because that's how humans are. We're next to one another. And whether it's physically or awareness, you know, kind of proximity. And you still have to do the work to actually. Yeah, and so that's what exhausts you. And that's what makes you um, physically sensitive in addition to and mentally and emotionally as well, of course. So, yeah, I, I've. I think I've been working on that mm -hmm. throughout my life, but I've, I've definitely been working on this the last few years where it's, it's doesn't feel so much. It's almost like I've set up my field 
in such a way that it's all intentional. Mm -hmm. And so this is what I'm saying, like in a way that's unthinking, or I'm not like actually in each moment trying to direct and read and, and figure it out. Like my, my field has been set up in such a way so as to route things in a way that doesn't affect me. And so when it does affect me, it's because it's all the way up in my field and I've got to pay attention to it. Mm. Um, so I don't know if I'm actually an empath. So I think for me, my experience, as I said, empaths tend to be the healers, but I'm also a healer. I wouldn't necessarily, yeah. I'm definitely sensitive. I don't yeah. absorb energy so much as I read energy and I kind of catalog it and I move it around a little bit to make it useful for whatever's happening. Um, but even if you're not an empath, you can still be a healer. And that's why when I teach on em like the empath and the highly sensitive intuitive, you have more of the highly sensitive intuitive function. I teach them as functions rather than some friggin' label, you know what I mean? Like, because that can be a, a heavy crown, even though it's, it is a friggin' label for me. But yet, I can still do the highly sensitive thing where you're reading energy, you're becoming aware of it. And then you and then you it's it can for a highly sensitive person who is, let's say, unawakened, or, or it's that that sensitivity isn't working the right, right way out as you are, you know, I'm aware of it, I'm, I'm moving it, I'm aware of it, I'm moving it, even though, even in the cases of you having set up your field, so it's actually automated. When, when a person who's more identity to the highly sensitive, they come into a room, they, they know what's going on, they know it, they, they, they are sensitive or sympathetic to it, and then it can affect their mood. And so, you know, it can bring you down or it can amp you up or something. But you're aware that it's not you, really. You're like, oh, gosh, these people are bringing me down or, oh, gosh, this situation is pissing me off. So that's a kind of highly sensitive thing. Whereas the empath function is I go in and I am all of the things here and you don't even know it. It feels native to you. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the, the toggle there just about and anyone can kind of have that happen, either one of those at any time. So I just think of them as functions. Or malfunctions, actually, <laughs> we're talking about it. <laughs> you know what? The empathic nature, to one way that em the empathic nature showing up, I think, is when it when you have autoimmune kinds of issues. That's that is the immune system doing the opposite of what it's supposed to do. And I'm, I'm a layperson, but you know, in lay speak. The immune system is attacking itself or attacking the form, attacking the, the organism. And that's how I see the empath when it's malfunctioning. The emotional, mental nature is attacking itself rather than it healing and moving things out. And so that's what the empath or the highly sensitive is meant to do with their sensitivity, heal it and move it out. Yes. So that's the energy healer uh, aspect of it. If... Um, that overwhelmed, that easily physically exhausted, mentally or emotionally exhausted. That is a, a strong sign that something, there's supposed to be something turned the right way round. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so that you utilize it as a healer, the way that Crystal is talking about, and the way that I am too. I, I have my resonance, my intention set up, even so much that I was talking to a friend who's a mindfulness meditator. And I'm coming up, I was coming up with an album of mindfulness meditations. And I sent him the titles and my titles were like, and they were all positive. So it was like reset, clarity, um, you know, recharge. And he was like, that's great. I like those. But you might want to look on Insight Timer because usually it's de-stress and anxiety and mm -hmm. instant medicine. And I was like, ah, oh, see, uh, <laughs> as soon as you say anxiety, I'm like, ah, like I become anxiety. <laughs> I'm so literal. <laughs> 
funny. Um, it is funny. Yeah. One thing I want to say about um, the empathic person and healing is a lot of times because you are feeling and you are usually clairsentient, which is the mm -hmm. psychic ability to feel in your body and also to feel in your emotions. When there is someone who is out of balance around you, pets or sp even spaces, but also yep. people, or if there's someone around you that is sick, it can actually start to show up in your body. You might get a, a joint pain or a hip pain or a headache all of a sudden, or your heart will start racing. It's a physical, it's a physical indication that you're picking up in a psychic way, something that's going on with someone else. And the only reason this is, well, the main reason this is being transmitted to you is for an action to take place either within yourself or if you are a healer to be able to move into that person's field and maybe move stuff around energetically to activate a type of healing for that person. So if you ever find yourself though in a room of people or in a, in a space and all of a sudden your body's not feeling the way it normally does, or there's weird symptoms or symptomology that's taking place, you want to probably stop, take a beat and examine whether that belongs to you or whether it belongs mm -hmm. to someone else, because it's likely that it could be someone around you. Again, could be a pet, could be a person. It could be an indication of what's actually going on in the space because energy is intelligent and it's communicating mm -hmm. and you might be picking it up on that way or something that happened in that space a while ago. You might have that actually show up in your physical body. So that's another way to pay attention to your own healing nature. Mm -hmm. And another sign, I think this is, is this our fourth? Yeah, maybe our fourth sign. That capacity or that that natural that kind of default of putting others first and wanting to take care of others. And, you know, there's a fine line between doing it as a codependent or as a martyr, and that's not what we're talking about. We're moving toward the, to that positive kind of taking care of others, thinking altruism in, to some yes. degree or just being compassionate the, really the spiritual gift of hospitality, like mm. putting someone else first, mm -hmm. having that generosity of spirit, <clears throat> being very sensitive to the needs of other people and wanting from a very aligned and balanced place to, to take care of or to nurture other people. It's a classic sign of being a healer for sure. And I, I noticed that along the lines here, like I love that spiritual gift of hospitality, that pretty much everyone who is in a service or artistic kind of career or job that, that they are a healer so all not I shouldn't say all because I, I've worked next to a bartender or two who was definitely not there to heal or help it was really just there to rob <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so take money out of the till yeah exactly yeah. So I, I, I had a I had a long and storied career as a bartender and a okay. and a hospitality professional but, uh, you know, whether it's you are in the medical industry, uh, you're a first responder, you are um, a server or a bartender or um, a massage therapist, or again, an artist, and that's a different kind of sensitivity. If I like to categorize it the empath, the highly sensitive, and then and the intuitive, and then also the artist, the creative artist is looking for beauty in the world. And that's the intention, the higher intention. Sometimes that artistic um, sensitivity can kind of implode on itself in the way that the highly sensitive and the em empathic one can, where you want to find beauty in the world and you want to bring beauty and channel beauty into the world. And when it's kind of gone off is when it is dark and depressive. And sometimes we are, we're, see we're seeking the melancholy as the, you know, the artist where the sensitivity is turned the wrong way 
and the melancholy and we're trying to beautify it, but we're again, kind of identifying to it and not able to raise up and make it even more beautiful. And so any, anything artistic or service oriented, that's likely that you are a natural energy healer. And if you are feeling like I did, well, it's time for a change and I don't know how to move out of this. And, you know, that could be that it's time for that moving forward into something that is more directed, more pointed, understanding you how your energy works and how to work as a healer. One thing I just want to add to that really quick, um, it's so cool about artists and art in general. I believe that's divine. Art is divinely inspired. This is 100%. an act of channeling yes. directly. And most artists create art that they never sell, that they some don't even show it to other people. It's the process of creating art that is transformative to them and truly healing to them. Because when you are creating, you are in alignment with creator. Creator is the highest vibration. It's the highest energy. It's the most divine energy that any of us are ever going to encounter as souls. And so when we're putting ourselves in dynamic alignment with creator, creating our art, we're actually in many ways healing ourselves. And it's this reason that when some of us are doing our art, we absolutely click out of the thinking mind, the logical mind, and we get into this kind of unspace of just creation. And things are allowed in that space to bubble to the surface. And we can very passively take notice of them. And we can even kind of uh, pay attention to it and move it along. And it's such a great space for spirit. It's, it's a meditation, truly, for spirit to be able to communicate with us in a way that we receive. And all while we're making jewelry or all while we are painting or writing or composing, art to me is, is a very, very healing act. Absolutely. And that's something that I recognized when I had moved into my spiritual abilities. And I recognized in the process of doing readings that... All of a sudden, I was like, wait, this is just like acting when I would go and when I would get into character, I would take a breath, I would move aside my identity, and I would call in channel the character. And then I would just, it would just be. And I was like, oh, and it actually kind of grounded it for me. And I was like, well, this is easy then. And I've been doing it my whole life because I was, you know, an actor. And, and it was also a way that I communicated to my husband when all of this crazy stuff was happening, you know, because we'd been together nine years when I kind of had my spiritual awakening. And we're like, what's happening? <laughs> and I, he's a composer. And so I said, you know, when you're, when you're sitting down and you need to come up with a new melody, you need to come up with a new piece, and you're kind of messing around technically with the keyboard and everything, but you clear your mind and then suddenly it comes from nowhere to somewhere. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, that's the same thing. You were, they call, that's why they call it the muse because they were, they were, they, they identified that they were maybe even communicating with emissaries and spirit and receiving it and channeling it that way. I love to talk about creativity is intuition. Intuition is creativity because we, we are okay with that and there's not the stigma around creating art as much. And certainly in the olden times, I mean like the, you know, the dark ages or post the dark ages even, science, spirituality, art were really just mind, body, spirit, complex together. They, they flowed one to the other. Yes. 
Wonderful. Anytime you're in dynamic alignment with your higher mm. self, with source energy, these are all just ways. These are uh, words that we use to approximate what God is. But mm-hmm. anytime you're in dynamic alignment with that, you are the healing. You are being healed. You're being fine-tuned. You're being transformed. Your mind is being renewed. Like oh, there's a lot that's going on when you're in that alignment. And one way to be in that alignment is to be creative in whatever mm-hmm. way you can be creative in your own life. And speaking of alignment... Our fifth sign has to do with alignment, I think, in that if you are someone who is is a peacemaker and always seeing, well, aren't we supposed to be working toward a conclusion rather than, you know, arguing with one another and really seeking that? You, you mentioned this to me before we started about the natural peacemaker and also how people kind of just come up to you and, and, and expect you to help them and and heal them or speak with them or they lay their stuff on you. Yes. I think that I should say that I believe that we come into this world with a specific pattern Mm -hmm. of energy that Mm -hmm. represents who we are as a soul complex. And of course, over the course of our life, our incarnation, our experiences, that energy begins to change and to shift, which is fine. But we come in magnetic in a certain way and signaling in a certain way. And some of us are just natural born healers Mm -hmm. while others have an intention to heal. And maybe they'd like to learn a modality. Maybe they want to lean into it. And that is enough to activate that in your own life. So you don't have to be naturally born uh, as a healer. You can actually move into it if you want to, but some of us came here to do that. And you will find that for those who have that energetic, energetic, energetic pattern of healing, that people are just attracted to them for whatever reason. They want to tell you all their stories. They want to tell you what's going on in their life. They come for you. They come to you for uh, counseling, for advice. Hey, what do you think about this? Or can you have a look at what's going on in my life? Like, what's your take on this? They just gravitate to you for solutions, to you for insight, or just to be around you because it feels good. And maybe being around you illuminates something in them that then helps them through the process that they're presently in. So if you find in your life that people are just attracted to you in this way, or if you find that people are often asking you for your opinion or, hey, like, how can I make this situation better? What do you see? That's typically an indication that you were meant to do this kind of work. Now, it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to become a therapist or have to become a medical doctor. You could become a Reiki practitioner. You could become an intuitive reader. Mm-hmm. It depends on uh, what your soul wants to do with this kind of an energetic makeup. But that's a sign that you're here to do something big mm-hmm. with your life. I've noticed myself saying this the last 10 years or so for some, at some point I just stopped in my life and said, what in the world is going on? Because I am attracting talkers, people who are just talking and talking and talking. They're not listening to me. They're not asking me any questions. They just want to be in my present and like offload on me. Me Now the issue with the empath is it's as if they've got these buckets right in front of them. And it's like these people just spill everything into the bucket. And when they're done, the empaths are left carrying this really heavy bucket. And who's there for them to take the weight or the burden of that bucket? They have to have tools to know how to do that for themselves to very Mm -hmm. easily dump the bucket and keep it moving. I don't really have a problem with that, but I did have to develop tools to help to protect me from Mm -hmm. the way that people are attracted to me because I have this particular signature. People don't often 
know intelligently, thinkingly, why they're attracting, uh, attracted mm-hmm. to a certain energy or why they're moved to do certain things. So many people are operating very reactively or they're operating from this unconscious kind of a space, but they sense something in you, something that mm-hmm. uh, makes them feel like they can trust you to share with you. And that's good, especially if you're moving into a practice of being a healer, but you do have to have the tools to be able to turn it off, to protect yourself, to not get overwhelmed. Hey, this has been going on for a whole hour I gotta go like you have to know how to navigate that and so it that was just my signal in my life when I had all these people like I swear to god my real estate agent like people in my family friends people I'd meet on the street they would just talk I'm like do I have a sign on just to talk my ear off I got nothing better to do I knew that it was spirit at that time saying you need to develop you need to develop some skills. You need to develop some tools to take care of yourself. But this is also a sign of what you're making available with your life. And that's what I want to do. It can be really hard. I mean, setting yeah. those boundaries <clears throat> and uh, deploying your own tools can be kind of hard. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, am, I, am I hurting somebody's feelings? But you, you got to take care of yourself first and foremost. That's the power right. that we're doing. Just like the artist yeah. who doesn't sell the everything that they own. It still did something in the world. It, do, it does do something in the world, even if it stays in their home. 100 absolutely 100 percent. it's it's transformative for them it's moving stuff around within them it's the energy of them Mm -hmm. it shifts their vibration it allows them to go out and be the instrument that they want to be because they're channeling that good information it just made me think when you're talking about how much do i want to reach out like how much do i want to put myself out there knowing that i expose myself to this kind of parasitic vampiric stuff i just remember when i was in my 20s man every single almost every night of the week and certainly every weekend i was booked i had stuff to do i would always i would for whatever reason feel obligated and this is probably as a result of the kind of childhood that we have like being obligated to put up with the bad behavior of our own freaking parents. So I I would put myself in situations for like hours with people that I really didn't like. And I really actually didn't vibe with, but I would feel this sense of duty. And um, even in romantic relationships, or if I would date someone, especially actually with a, with men for me, um, I would feel this weird sense of duty and obligation, like, oh, I have to make him feel good about himself. Oh, I have to make him feel like he's valued. And mm. how do I let him down easily? Like, there's just all these different things that you're thinking um, when when you're sensitive in this way. And I think empaths have this issue. Uh, but finally, I just have to say with age, you just get over that. I have you gotten it, over that yet? I'm like, I'm not. Oh, yeah. This weekend is for me. It's for Netflix. It's for a margarita in my, my pool, my three dogs, and my husband. And that's it. I don't have time to do all of this other stuff for other people. I have to take care of myself. And that's an important thing for empaths mm-hmm. to really understand and healers to really understand, especially healers who have wounding. And mm-hmm. so many healers are, are wounded healers. Now, that doesn't mean they're in a state of brokenness. It means mm-hmm. that they've had that wounding. They have that experience. They had that patterning, which is, again, what allows them to see it in other people. But sometimes when we have this big history and this big experience in trauma or in pain, it predisposes us to get into situations that really tax us and take it out of us. I don't have that problem. Well, I kind of do a little bit. Sometimes I do. I let people in a little bit too much or I give them a little bit of latitude. Um, But I'm getting better with that. And that's just one of the ways. Again, the path is a spiral. And just think about, you know, if you suddenly find out that you have a a somewhat an acquaintance or a colleague or someone who's a little bit on the inside 
And then you, oh, okay, this isn't working out. That's that's a million times better than dating someone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like having an intimate relationship with someone. Oh my gosh, I used to go out on dates with people that I did not want to date and I knew it. I just didn't know how to say <laughs> <that> no. <laughs> I, I, I dated this one guy and he was so nice and so great. It just wasn't happening for me. He really liked me, but I think on the fourth or the fifth date and I was just going out and I didn't want to. He said, you know, if you're not attracted to me, you can just tell me. <laughs> Okay, I mean, I really like you, but I just don't think we should date. He had to tell me, like, that's oh, so a disempowered, sweet. sensitive person. That's someone who's just trying to perpetually take care of somebody else oh to the gosh. detriment of, of themselves. That was me. That not is anymore. so funny. That is so funny. Much more emboldened to do that mm -hmm. now. And it's not in a way that's unloving. It's just in a way that's protective of my mm -hmm. own path and my own energy. And it's like, I only have so much energy in the world. I only have, um, you know, so many things that I want to do. I have a vision and I, I got to get to it. And yes. going out to the club, not that I would do that, but going out doing anything um, that doesn't really feel good, you know, or doesn't really turn me on or give me a sense of joy. Like I'm, I'm not into it. If you have these, if you have this kind of drive for purpose and, and it can be good actually to shake things up too on the other side, like over isolating oneself as the sensitive, it's really good to shake things up, shake your own energy up, like just taking a drive somewhere or taking a vacation or doing something. It's a, uh, it's good to move things around a little bit too. So, you know, we gotta, we gotta be mindful of that as well, I think, but it doesn't have to happen every yeah. night like we used to do. <laughs> No, it does not. Um, I would just say, if you are wondering if you are an energy healer, and that's, that's such a term, isn't it? If you are wondering if you're supposed to be doing something where you're of service to someone else and, and, and helping them in a healing kind of way or a restorative kind of way, the best thing to do is to ask yourself that question. The best thing to do is to go into a meditation with yourself and with spirit and really just let the walls down, all the narratives implanted by people who have all their opinions about what you really should be doing with your life. Like, let those fall away and just have the joyful question. Like, am I supposed to, what, well, supposed to is, is a should, right? That's right. What, what's waiting for me, spirit? Yeah. Am I meant to do this? Or can you bring the resources and the information to me? Or, like, or just being in that meditative space and bringing up the subject of energy healing and checking mm -hmm. out how that feels for you. Does that like give you a little kick of excitement? Does it make you feel that uh, sense of purpose? Examine yourself for the answer. And if you say yes to it, one thing we can definitely tell you is that when you say yes, spirit always mm. says yes to, especially when we're talking about spiritual service, light worker, practitioner, yeah. doing what you came here to do. When you finally say yes to that calling, spirit always shows up. And sometimes it's like with a boom, everything you need, all of a sudden you've got it. All the doors are open. You're meeting the right people. You've got the books, you've got the mm -hmm. research. Sometimes it takes a little longer and you have to keep on leaning in that direction and walking the walk until you get where you're going. But take that question to spirit. And let me just say that everybody has something powerful to do in this life. Like you didn't come here to just... Um, toil away in a nine to five job that you hate or live in a family structure that's toxic or be broke or be unhappy or be sick. Like you didn't come here as a soul to do that. You really came here to be excited, to be joyful, to be active and activated, to really be a representation of that which created you. You could call this God or creator, but that love that created you, you came here to be that. And in any way that it shows up for you, do it because that's how you're successful. And that's not about money. That's about happiness. It's about joy. That's about changing your own life and changing the lives of others as well.
Mm-hmm. Do it, do it, do it. Amen. And you, as you mentioned, you know, that, that the term energy healer, if, you, if you're in these streets of the spiritual seeking and community kind of thing, then yeah, energy healing, it, I mean, there's, it's, it's actually a, a kind of catch-all term. And you and I are offering the Energy Intensive, which is an eight-week immersive program for education and coaching and practicing and community. And I think that's why we called it the Energy Intensive, because we wanted to kick the wheels off a little bit. It's about working in energy, and it's about exploring it. So from the person who maybe just, like me, was with their their guides and hearing the word energy healer, to the person who's practicing, we're kicking the wheels off and we're, we're getting to the space of channeling new spiritual technologies, and that's what we're doing with this program. So we invite you to that, which you can find the link for that in the description. And, and you know, we have a, a little message after this episode to talk about it a little bit. So, Yo, get into the energy intensive. Let, mm-hmm. let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. And I know I said I was going to talk a lot, and I won't talk a lot about it, but... Exciting. Really, we're excited about it. That's why. I'm very excited. But what's really exciting me about it is that... It is, of course, structured in the way that learning must be structured Mm -hmm. to receive it, but it's also very free. And Mm. it feels to me like it's about the activation of very individual modalities in the lives of the students. And so obviously you and I are going to come in, we're going to be bringing the education, we're going to even be bringing our own proprietary modalities as a template, as an understanding, as a place to begin. But it feels like spirit's really ready to attune and activate specific students to the modality modality that spirit wants to create with them and so a lot of the stuff that's coming down for me is like okay let's create a meditation let's create a chamber so that spirit can introduce Mm -hmm. the student to this and we can do this kind of um slowly throughout the program uh, by becoming aware of energy by becoming aware of who it is that we are as a healer but i'm telling you there's going to be some dynamic some evidential and some fascinating stuff that the students are going to be presenting to us simply because they're in a space of creation with regard to energy Mm -hmm. and everything is possible all things are possible to him who believes it is possible Mm -hmm. everything is possible so i'm coming in with well we're coming in with tons of education but like really having the intention to let spirit take the lead with this intensive Mm -hmm. so i'm super excited about it i am too honestly it's almost time too. Woohoo! Well, we yeah. got two weeks. About Another two weeks. week. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. start on Sunday, the twenty eighth. Yes. Well, I guess. Uh, I, I guess, guess I have to go now. I guess that's that's the thing. So, everything that you um, want to learn about from what Crystal and I have talked about today, we've got some links in the description. And this was super fun. And I, you know what I love about this too, even if you are a teacher, you're a healer, you're a practice that just talking about this, it's helping me on that, that spiral path to observe it again and observe how I help others in these ways. So that's what I love about these conversations. Me too. I just love you. I love talking with you. We have so much fun together. I'll see you tomorrow night for light shine. So yes. So you guys check out the Lightworkers Lab too. Crystal and I are up live every, uh, well, not every other, but twice per month, every other Wednesday. And we are talking and teaching. And then we're also um, taking your questions and sometimes giving readings, whatever, you know, however spirit moves. So it's fun. It's a fun time. Yeah. The Lightworkers Lab online spiritual community. Find the link. It's found on Facebook as a group. Totally free. And so much bonkers community, bonkers resources and and people getting up and healing and of reading. I can't even, I mean, I go drop in sometimes. I'm like, all right, I need some help with this. Who's up? 
oh great it's gay gay i need to give me some insight on this <laughs> and they do and they, they do. do there's all it's there's so usually helpful. somebody one two three people up a day offering mm-hmm. their services their healing their readings in the space free. again all free for members so if you haven't checked out the lab i don't know what you're doing i don't know you really ought to And that's this episode with the wonderful Crystal Ann Compton. You'll also find her links in the description and ways that you can connect with us and also how you can join that energy intensive. Stay tuned for after the episode and you'll hear a short message about the energy intensive. It will be starting very soon. And if you have any kind of kind of interest and the inkling, I just encourage you to lean into that and whatever that ends up meaning about you joining this program or another one, I just want you to feel empowered to shine your light because I'm here for it. I'm here for you. I'm here for that light that you have that you're holding. And I thank you for being a part of this community. Even as you listen to a podcast or watch a YouTube video, you're participating in a community. You're joining your light to the other lights who have come together for that purpose. So with that, I will say... I appreciate you so much. I wish you all of the blessings, the health, the wealth, the bounty, because you, light worker, you are the one who is shifting this world and shifting our whole universe. So thank you for that. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are. How would you describe the ideal student for the 2020 Energy Intensive with Crystal Ann Compton and Trisha Carr? I kind of set my life up so that for the most part, I was closed metaphysically. You know, the stories that I tell about my opening and it was like I decided on a whim to get a 15 minute psychic reading. I had never considered that in all of my 39 years, you know, and I did. And the reason I decided to get that first reading of my entire life, never having considered it was because I was like, why wouldn't I? I'm curious. And, you know, the reasons of the past were that something to do with religion or something to do with some other set of fear that my mind was is weak or some other kind of um, like fear of being ridiculed by the pragma- pragmatic people who say that it's a crutch and it's silly. And I was like, screw all of that. <laughs> I, I didn't know a thing. And then, you know, like my journey after that, she said the word empath to me. And I'm like, what, like Counselor Troy? So I had no, no, like, no exposure to metaphysical content, but I was ready. And so it, I am the perfect student, even though I was like, what, what, I had didn't know the word energy healer at that time. And my guides, as I was connecting with them in meditation, were showing me light on my hands and saying energy healer. And I hadn't heard that word before, but I would have been the perfect student. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, as I was feeling. Exactly, because you were you were in that energetic composition of readiness. And also, you're such a great example, if I can just say, of someone who said yes over the course of the spiritual path because so many people are so tentative they don't maybe they don't really say yes but we always say when you do say yes when you sign up for a class like this when you agree to go meet your tribe and 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 fellowship with other people to study and to really immerse yourself in things of the spirit when you say yes on that level spirit always meets you right where you are and gives you everything that you need and an acceleration truly takes place 
I won't say your age, but it's only been, I mean, a handful of years since your 39th year, and look where you are today. It's truly like you're a teacher, you have a podcast, you have many, many clients, you have your own business, you're quite successful, but you are also such a light to this world. Imagine if you didn't have the requisite curiosity, and if you didn't have that energetic confidence without all the without all the facts, imagine if you had just said no, or I'll just wait, where would you be? And so for those who are kind of on the fence about exploring study and exploring their own spiritual and intuitive and energetic development, this is the reason why you want to say yes, because so much is possible when you do. Everything opens up to you when you do.